What's going on, Will Freeman, RevolutionaryLifestyleDesign.com, coming at you today live from my hotel room in Playa del Carmen, Mexico. If you don't know me, I help entrepreneurs become the best version of themselves as well as aim to live their ideal lifestyle. A lot of the time, that involves some travel, that involves expatriating, that involves tax reduction, that involves dating, it involves getting in shape. And it most certainly involves money. Money is what allows me to run an online business, to be in Mexico for the winter, one of the few countries that's open. This is during COVID. Uh, before that, I lived in Eastern Europe and Georgia. And before that, I lived in Asia, mostly in Thailand. And it's money that allowed me to do that, as well as having the right life game plan and that's what I help guys do and that's what I want to help you do in this video here talking about why everything's an investment and 99% of financial investments are garbage okay I'm not talking about lifestyle investments like ordering a good meal that is healthy that makes you feel good I'm talking about fi financial investments okay as a financial investment. But the, but the first concept to understand is that everything is an investment. When you receive money, okay, instead of thinking of spending that money, how, how am I going to spend this money? Think of how am I going to invest this money? Because that's literally what money exists for, to be traded for goods and services, okay? If it is an investment, Right? It is an investment in a good or a service. Okay? Whether that's stocks, bonds, currencies, um, those are goods. Uh, whether it's a financial advisor to help you make more money or a business coach like me, that's a service. So wherever you go, you're investing money. Okay? There's no way around that. Um, and that's something that should, should be like, if you haven't figured that out by now, if you haven't seen that in my other videos, that should be like completely game-changing. Like buying drugs is an investment and it's both a bad lifestyle investment and a bad financial investment. Um, most of the time, <laughs> because, uh, it, very few people can, can have a good lifestyle on, on, uh, heroin. Um, ordering a pizza is an investment. It's how you invest your money. You are trying to buy happiness through, junk food. Um, that might be a good investment if you can limit it to once a week. If you're eating pizza every day, that is a bad investment. Okay. Here's the thing. Everything you buy is an investment. The vast majority of those investments, 99.9% .9 of them, if we're looking at from them from the lens of, is it a financial investment are garbage because that thing that you buy, that good or that service is not going to make you more money in the future, okay? That's that's how we're gonna define a financial investment. A good financial investment will make you more money than you paid for it, eventually, when you sell it. A financial investment is an investment that you at least hope will make you more money in the future. Like that stock could lose money, but it's at least got a shot of appreciating, okay? The pizza that you just bought has 0% chance of appreciating in the future. Uh, no one's going to want to buy your used pizza after it's been sitting out uh, overnight. All right. Um, 
So I want to define investments in a couple of different ways. I also want to say that, um, you know, there, there's, we could, we could look at, before we even get into the actual investments, we could look at like what you do with your money and define it sort of in two ways. So there's the disposable investments, right? Which go pretty much to zero, which is, um, paper towels, pizza or food, um, anything that is small and consumed quickly, um, once you buy it, it's pretty much hard to resell it. Like I'm sure you could get some resale value on toilet paper and you certainly could during the COVID pandemic. Um, if you really pushed it, selling it on Craigslist or something, you could, you could have gotten something. But most of the time, um, when you buy goods, they are going to depreciate to 0%. Or if we're talking about, so that's like the first level of goods, right? Maybe their resale value is like zero to 10%. The second level of goods that you buy, uh, let's say higher ticket items, like the TV in the background, which isn't mine, by the way, um, or perhaps clothes, although clothes lose most of their value, unless it's a rack of designer suits, uh, cars, um, houses, yachts, the vast majority of uh, higher ticket items that people buy lose at least 30% of the value the second you bought them. The second you drive that car off the lot, it's just lost 30% of its value. Um, the clothes that you buy, man, they might have lost 70% of their value. Unless there's some designer suits, that's pretty much the only thing you can resell at a decent value, but it'd have to be relatively soon after you bought it because, you know, suits don't age particularly well. Fashion changes. Um, you know, the TV, probably 40% of its value is gone the second you buy it and continues to get worse over, over time. The phone, the phone that I'm filming this video on, I think is two years old. It was maybe 500 when I bought it. Maybe I could get a hundred for it now, maybe, and I'd have to have a bunch of strangers coming through my house, examining it. Um, that's just the nature of it. Okay, as a um, investment in lifestyle, as well as allowing me to run my business a lot primarily uh, through the phone. This phone has been an amazing investment. I love the phone, but as a financial investment, something that will make me more money in the future. It is like everything else, okay? So important for you guys to understand. And this is why so many fucking people never get wealthy and they never get their business to where they can have a sense of freedom to do what they want, to be able to travel to Mexico and stay here for six months, to be able to go to the gym on a Wednesday afternoon like I'm going to, um, and to be able to do so many other things is because they spend all their fucking money on bullshit. They spend all their money on investments that will lose anywhere from 10 to 30 to 100% of the value within the first week of buying it, okay? And they don't save enough money and reinvest it into good financial investments, okay? This is how you get out of... Um, the trap of having to work a job. As far as I'm concerned, 100K is the first level of affluence, all right? That's 
100K in your own business. That's the first level of affluence. Unless you have that, you're still in the trap. All right. So I'm not even really talking to people like that. I'm talking to you. Either you're already a six-figure entrepreneur or maybe you're a younger guy. You're doing five figures, but you're on your way. You, you understand the game. Um, and I'm just trying to reinforce this message into you. This is primarily who I'm targeting right now. These are the types of people that I'm coaching, okay? Because my coaching is not cheap. Um, and I'm not looking for people who are cheap. I'm looking for people who want to invest in themselves and get a good return on that investment. I am one of the few services that, in my opinion, I believe can get you that type of a reinvestment, okay? The other things that I consider good financial investments are business, either your business, um, uh, another private business, or public businesses called stocks. If you've been following me for a while, you know I'm not a huge fan of stocks. I don't own any stocks, but those are these are at least investments that could make you money. And then we've got currencies. Uh, foreign currency can appreciate against the U.S. dollar, whatever your home currency or measuring currency is. Uh, for example, the Thai bot's been appreciating nicely for me over the last couple of years, the Thai bot that I own. Uh, you can also hold um, local currency and possibly make money, although it's not really the case anymore, if the interest you were getting in your bank account is more than the uh, rate of inflation, which is almost never true. Um, so almost always the currency that you're holding uh, your local currency, if you are holding in a bank, is losing you money, okay? So let me just re-clarify that, guys. There is no saving money. There's just investing it in specific currencies, which can either make you money through the interest that you get in the bank or the term deposit of the CD, um, or it's appreciation uh, in, in comparison to your, your local currency, let's say the US dollar, or in comparison to the country you use as your measuring stick for your net worth, which for me is the US dollar, despite that I'm a Canadian, okay? So I have a bunch of money in different bank accounts around the world of countries that I've lived in, in, in different currencies. I own Thai baht, Georgian lari, Euro, USD, um, Canadian dollars, in my home banks, okay? And these provide a hedge against um, you know, any particular shock to the USD, which is how I measure my wealth as well as how I get paid, how I get paid. So I spread um, that money around, but it's not savings. It's investing in other currencies with the extra utility that I can spend that as opposed to a house, um, which doesn't have that utility. It has the utility that I can live in it, but it's very illiquid. So currencies are liquid. Um, they have the ability to appreciate, for example, my Thai bot's been appreciating better than, you know, even a junk bond fund recently because interest rates are so low and they have the extra utility of being able to spend them. For example, I could pay for my future Airbnb, um, in using my, uh, Thai bank card, even though that money's in Thai bot, it can translate into, uh, Mexican pesos. And so it has that extra utility as I'm planning my next stop in either Guadalajara or Mexico City. If you have any advice, let me know in the comments. Okay, but just burn this into your mind. Burn, 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 burn this. 
There is no saving. There's just investing in currencies. If you have all your money, if you have your 100K, right, which is your safety net, all right, sitting in U.S. dollars in Bank of America, you're invested 100% into the currency of U.S. dollars. Your net worth is 100K in U.S. dollars plus whatever you could sell your TV and your car for. Okay, but you are entirely invested in U.S. dollar currency. You're not saving money. You're invested in U.S. dollar currency and you're losing money. That is with certainty going to be a losing investment um, because of inflation, which is the depreciation of currency, right? By increasing the supply of currency, it depreciates over time. And by the fact that interest rates are so low, you're probably getting 0.2% on that or 0.25% on the money you hold in your bank account. And we might even be going into negative interest rates. So you're losing on average about 3% a year, which is the average inflation rate. Now deflation occasionally does happen, which is where the currency appreciates for brief periods in say the Great Depression that happened in America. But outside of that condition, unless you're getting more than 3% on your money, you're losing money, okay? So there's no such thing as saving money. There's only investing money. Um, there's only spending money. You're spending money. If, you're, if you are buying a bunch of different currencies, just, you know, as, as your $100,000, $300,000, $400,000 hedge, including bond stocks, whatever, you're, those are all investments. And the primary investment you're making is peace of mind, right? Because ideally, your business should pay your expenses plus some, plus a fair margin of safety. Um, plus as much money as you can make uh, without hating your business while you st still love your, your business, okay? That's what your business should pay, right? And then what you're doing with the cash that you don't reinvest in, into your business is putting it into these financial investments that have what we hope is a good probability of um, returning you money in the future, primarily for peace of mind, primarily for peace of mind, right? Because chances are, if you've been a successful entrepreneur for three or four or five years, you haven't had to go into savings at all. You've been making money every single month. You've been cash flow positive every single month. So when you're stashing that money away and you're hedging it into different types of investments, yeah, you want that appreciation. You'd love to be able to get... Um, you know, three or four or five percent passively um, on on the money that you have in stocks and bonds and currencies and all these things. But the primary reason is is the psychological security and the safety net. If there was to be um, a shock in your income, if there was to be a shock in you know, the country you're living in, in, as far as an economic shock or a worldwide shock, like, like with COVID, right? COVID put a lot of guys out of business. Because they were investing their money in bullshit instead of reinvest instead of having previously reinvested it back into the business, or reinvested it into good financial investments. If you look around this little hotel room that I'm staying in, you can see the bulk of what I physically own. I own one suitcase full of clothes and some pretty high quality technology, and that carry-on bag over there that holds laptop supplements, um, a couple other things. 
And that's pretty much the extent of the physicality that I own. Okay, when I live, I've primarily lived in Asia and Eastern Europe. I stay in luxury apartments um, that are pre-furnished, that already have a big TV, because I'm a peasant and I want a big TV so that I can watch YouTube on it. Um, nice bed, nice everything. I mean, I, I'll spend a good amount of time researching the Airbnb, hop over there for a couple of weeks and then aim to cut a longer term deal with the guy. Um, and if I know I'm going to be there for a while, I'll do a long-term lease on a pre-furnished place. So I don't have to worry about any type of furniture, any type of moving, any type of bullshit like that. I can just pick the place I want, I want to live in. It's all set up. If I get bored of that place, I go somewhere else. It's another building. They have a security guard. They have someone if the heating doesn't work or the aircon doesn't work or the TV doesn't work. I don't own it and I don't have to deal with managing any of it or moving it whatsoever. What I own is uh, my business. What I own is my investments. A lot of the technology I own um, helps me facilitate and grow my business, like this phone that I'm talking to you or the computer notes that I'm trying not to make it look like it I'm reading off of. Um, and clothes and supplements, which are, don't really f facilitate my business directly, but indirectly they do, um, because the supplements allow me to be healthier and the clothes, you know, if I have the right fitted clothes, give me higher self-esteem, which allows me to do a better job. But again, hardcore minimalism has made my life so much easier. It is not a sacrifice at all. I don't want to own a car. Um, I don't want to own a yacht. I don't want to own a bunch of furniture. I may own property at the future once I once I hit certain net worth goals. Um, almost certainly that will be paid for. It will be in Asia. It will either be paid in cash or it will be property that I invest into um, as an investment that's going to cash flow, uh, perhaps with um, some of my partners. It's something that's on my list to do in a sense of eventually getting, you know, maybe 25, 30% of my net worth into property, primarily um, for the psychological peace of mind of having it into something physical that also earns me income and that in general has kept pace with inflation. But other than that, the investments that I've made, I've made uh, the reinvestments in my business as well as um, the investments in currencies are what have been able to give me my freedom, okay, and being aggressive about that. When I was in Canada, I lived to reinvest. I lived to work on my business. And those sacrifices paid off tenfold um, when I finally left and uh, was able to achieve the freedom that I wanted. So you've got business, you've got currencies, you've got preci precious metals that you can invest in gold and silver. You've got real estate, which is land, houses, condos. You've got bonds and you've got collectibles, which is rare watches, vintage cars, art. These are the exception to the rule of things that you can buy that actually might appreciate over time. Okay. That Toyota Camry is not going to appreciate over time, but the, um, 1965 Aston Martin that James Bond drove 
very well might continue to appreciate, even if you bought it now, 10 years from now, that value might con continue to go up despite the fact that the car is 60 years old or, you know, the Picasso is 100 years old because people place value on those things and other people will buy them as an investment because they know that other people place value on those things. So that's really all an investment is. Something that people place value in that they can they know that can be exchanged into cold, hard fiat currency, okay? And that's the only reason anyone gives a shit about crypto, by the way. Okay, when you ask people why they care about crypto, the answer is, like, the price they quote is in U.S. dollars. Okay, that's why people care about it, because it can be exchanged into U.S. dollars. If that became illegal tomorrow, and that would be a big problem for crypto. If all of a sudden all the world's uh, governments said Bitcoin can no longer be legally converted into euro and USD, it would be a major, major problem for Bitcoin. Now, of course, there would still be a black market for it, um, but the value would certainly plummet. The same thing with gold, okay? If gold wasn't convertible to currency, which is what is the actual mechanism for spending, for buying goods and services, it would not be valuable. However, as of right now, those can be converted to currencies. And when people buy them, they buy them hoping that the currency that they get in the future is going to be more than they originally um, bought the instrument for minus the cost of inflation. At least I hope minus the cost of inflation, but most people don't factor that in. All right. So business, currency, precious metals, real estate, bonds, collectibles, that's it, all right? Every other fucking good and service is a bad financial investment, okay? Unless it falls under those subcategories. And what is everything else? Almost everything that every, every company makes, either a good or a service, is a bad financial investment. And I should say one more exception, coaching with me. Can't say the same for all the other coaches, although I'm sure there's some other guys that are um, a good return on your investment, but I would put it in about the same percentages, under 1%. Okay, so everything outside of that depreciates either 30 to 100% the second you buy it. Um, everything else at best is a lifestyle investment. Okay, the purpose of which is to live like food and secondly, to enjoy like a big screen TV or a nice minimalist wardrobe that I have that you can get for under $2,000. I think I actually have an old article on that if you're interested and it's going to be in the new course and coaching program, how to play and win the game of life. Okay, so some of those things are good in uh, lifestyle investments. If you're going to be living in a place for 10 years, you've got everything set up. Buying a big screen TV could be a good investment. Buying a nice looking minimalist wardrobe could be a good investment, lifestyle investment. Um, buying healthy food is a good lifestyle investment. Buying uh, books that are gonna educate you um, and, and courses that are gonna educate you on how to be happier, um, how to be healthier, how to, be, um, how to improve are good lifestyle investments, okay? So I'm not saying not to buy those things, right? This is the, the, the whole purpose of money is money is a tool to make our lives better and to be happier. So certainly buy those things. Um, 
But remember that that has to be just a fraction of the income and a fraction of the net worth. All right, if your net worth is 100K, 200K, 300K, like before you buy something, think how much, how much of my net worth am I spending here that could be going towards my business. So I'm creating the table. It's almost finished of, of income and net worth allocations for guys, for entrepreneurs. Um, the lowest end of that is like 50 to 100K after taxes, what to do with that. And in my opinion, let's say you're making 100K after taxes and you're not like me. So you haven't um, expatriated out of North America or the Western country that you're living in and, you know, able to geo-arbitrage your income and, and, and tax residency and all these things. So you're paying full freight American taxes or you're paying full freight Canadian taxes and you're doing 150 or come out of it with, you know, 100K or whatever, right? So, you know, you've got 8,000 to play with each month after taxes, all right? You want to live on as little as you can and still be comfortable, still be comfortable. So let's say you're living on 4,000, which where I'm from, Toronto, is not a lot of money. I mean, you'll be living better than the vast majority of people who don't even make 4,000 after taxes, but um, it's, still, it's still not baller status, okay, in a Western country. The rest of that 50% has to be has to be reinvested back into um, financial investments. And your best financial investment is your business, okay? If you're in a high-margin service business like I advocate a lot of guys to be in, you should be getting 100 or hundreds of percent return, you know? You should be getting 5x on your Facebook ads. Or you should have an organic platform like me to where you can get money coming in without advertising or you have both. Okay. Or maybe you've gone the other route. Maybe you're an empire guy and you have VC financing and you have corporate debt and you have all this stuff. Um, you can still buy more shares in your business. You can still put more skin in the game. You can, um, do what a client of mine did who owns a bank, which was loan. He loaned some of his personal wealth to the company at interest. Um, you know, because all the shares, there, there weren't shares available. There, there were other people that were interested in the shares. Uh, so you can, you can continue to reinvest as much as you can back in your business because we have to assume that your business is going to be your best investment. All right. If you're not either, um, you know, receiving a good salary and have a bunch of opium from kind of a lower margin empire business, you know, or you're doing the Dan Pena, Dan Pena, Andrew Carnegie model, um, or you're doing the tech star, startup model, or you're doing, you know, where you guys don't make profit for a while, or you're doing some of these other models where you basically need, um, you need bank financing or, or VC money or both, um, you know, like, 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 and, and, and if you're not in that, category like if you don't have a bunch of opium you need a high margin business okay so you need a business that's doing hundreds of percent return a year so that you can take that money that you're not spending on expenses and dump it back in and you can take your net you know your net worth right the the amount of money that you have across stocks bonds currencies etc dump it back into the business because that's the only way to get wealthy you are not going to get wealthy from the maybe 5% that you get from non-business investments. 
Okay. That's, that's, that's what makes like wealthy people wealthier, right? If you have 30 million in the bank or 30 million, um, in non-business investments, 5% a year is a lot of money. Okay. When it's 30,000, when it's a hundred thousand, right? That's $5,000 a year. Okay. And 3% of that's going to be minus inflation. 3% of that's going to be minus inflation. So you're lucky to keep 2%. So you need to position yourself as an entrepreneur to where you're spending maximum 50% of what you make maximum. Ideally, ideally it's a lot less than that. All right. And it certainly helps if you're able to expatriate to, to Southeast Asia or Eastern Europe or something like that. Just a plane ride. As long as it's an online business, if you just hop on a plane, you can drop your expenses by, you know, you can go ahead and live on 20% pretty much immediately. Um, or you can invest in uh, the best tax preparer, the best or the best expat tax strategist, someone like Andrew Henderson from Nomad Capitalist. Or if you're if you're running an empire with VC funding, you can you can get your board to do it through the company. Um, you know, use company money to to reduce those taxes, or or, or somehow in, you know convince them of, of an increase in salary, um, because you're not going to get wealthy from those non-business investments. That's what a lot of guys don't know. Stocks ETFs at best eight percent. Um, gold's been going up. Uh, I'll say this: gold's been going up. Um, more significantly, especially since the Fed uh, has been has been uh, delinked uh, gold from from the U.S. dollar. Okay, but it's not enough to get you to that you know that three, five, ten million dollar level that you should be aiming for, in my opinion. Um, you need that because just re- remember, you don't have your whole fortune sitting in gold, right? It's like if let's say gold does twenty percent a year. And you have 20% of your net worth in physical gold. Well, you know, it's like overall, that's, that's a 4% return, right? On, on, on total, on your total net worth, okay? And you could put all your money in physical gold, but I would imagine that it's not going to be a whole lot of peace of mind there. Okay, that's the only reason I'm telling you not to put 100% of what you have back into your business. It's just for peace of mind. Because let's assume that you have the right business. Um, if it is the right business, then it should be the next 10 years of accelerated income, um, advertising at, at you know, 3 to 5x, dumping that money back in there. Okay. Um, biggest mistake in my 30s that I made was I didn't, I did everything else right. I just didn't build that advertising flywheel fast enough and just start dumping everything, everything I made back in. Right, I was putting it into other investments and in arbitrage, and I did all these things, and I had organic traffic, but I didn't do ads, and I didn't have have the service to scale. Okay, which is what I'm doing with the How to Play the Game of Life group coaching program that's going to be coming out probably actually next year. Unfortunately, I don't think it's going to be ready this year. That I'm going to have the flywheel to just dump money back in, and I'm probably going to dump everything that I earn. Um, for the first year minus expenses, just right back into ads um, and keep it in that in that business bank account because I've already built um, fairly decent amount of non-business investments. Okay, so that is that is the way to do it. The only reason I won't be 100% net worth invested is just peace of mind. 
I like having a big safety net. Okay. And an entrepreneur means someone who takes above average financial risks. So I'm already um, much more aggressive than the average person. But in the scope of entrepreneurship, I'm conservative. Okay. Some guys like Grant Cardone have all their money reinvested into their business and real estate. He, he literally said he goes broke every month, plus a ton of debt on the real estate, plus all his friends and family invested in the real estate and all his readers. And he has billions of dollars in real estate with, I don't know, sick, probably 60% of that is debt, if not more. I'd have a hard tra- time uh, uh, sleeping, I'll tell you that. I'm not, uh, I'm not Grant Cardone, okay? But I think that you should be aiming for at least that 30 to 40% minimum reinvesting of your income and net worth into um, uh, in, 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 in the right investments, okay? At least 30 to 40% of your income you're trying to put back into your business. That's what I think. Um, and then you should consider like how much of my net worth should I be putting into my business if I want to hit X goal within the next 10 years. Okay. Um, you'll see how to do that in my coaching program. If you come on board with me, or if you decide to do coaching now, if you're interested in coaching now, it's revolutionary lifestyle design.com forward slash coaching. And we can, we can, um, break down what, what we think that your income goal should be for the year, for the end of your decade, you know, adjusted for inflation. Um, and then we can factor how much of a compounded percentage net worth um, increase you could you should be looking for each year. You know, for example, like if your net worth is say, um, and I'm just using approximate math, $100,000, right? And you want $3 million not adjusted for inflation over the next, I think it was seven years or something. That means you need to be adding 40% compounded to your, to your net worth each year, right? So you, you find the goal, you backwards engineer it, and then you figure, how do I add 40% to my net worth every year? Compounded, meaning like, okay, it starts 100K, you add 40K to it, then the next year you need 40% of 140K, all right? And the answer you're going to come to is, is having, having that high margin business, okay, or having a business where I can get me some opium. That means other people's money. That means corporate debt. That means venture capitalists, or that means IPOing, um, selling company shares to the sheep. <laughs> I mean, the public, okay? Um, it's going to be one of those, right? It's not buying a public company after all the juicy returns are gone and getting your little 7% if you're lucky, um, you know, minus the 3% in inflation. The way to get rich is through business. Everyone on the Force 500 list, business owner, and not just having the business, but reinvesting in the business or getting opium or doing both. Okay, large portion of Jeff Bezos' wealth is in Amazon. Same thing with Bill Gates. Although, you know, at some point those wealthy guys start to hide behind their foundations. Um, but you know, in the initial run-up of their company, they were they were all in, or at least mostly all in, minus probably some type of a um, 
a safety net of, of different investments. Okay. And, um, the other thing is that, you know, you're going to need more money than you think. Okay. You're going to need more money than you think. So you need to be aggressive here. You need to be aggressive, um, in the way that you invest and you need to be strategic and ideally you invest not just for the return on the business, but for the fact that you have control over that investment, everything else. I don't know. I don't know where that stock's going. I don't know anything about that company. Um, I'm guessing gold's probably going to go up. I don't, I don't know. From 2000 to 2011, 2016, I think it lost 40% of its value. Um, so, so, so the business is the thing I have the most control over as well. Okay. And those are the rules. 99.9% .9 of everything is, is a fucking bad financial investment, which is why 99% of people don't get wealthy. So if you're all, you know, an entrepreneur, like I think you are like, like, like the entrepreneurs are the people that I'm aiming for. If you're an entrepreneur, this like still watching me after this. 37 minutes. Okay. This video was for you. You're on the right track. Just make sure that you're reinvesting and just make sure that you know, everything's an investment and just make sure to stay on your game. And if you need help tightening up your plan, um, the allocations, the metrics, the goals to set, um, as well as how to not hate the journey, how to be happier while you're building and scaling, maybe you're expatriating, Holler at your boy, revolutionarylifestyledesign.com slash coaching. Links in the description. Group coaching program coming probably June 2021. But if you don't want to wait, book a consultation call with my guy and we'll see if you're fit. Otherwise, much love to you. All the best to you in your personal de development journey. Um, and I wish you peace and happiness.